0: Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Bandwell. Thanks so much for joining me again on this chapter of the journey. We are in Exodus chapter 10, and it was the very first verse that resonated for me this morning. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his officials, in order that I may show these signs of mine among them. Today's podcast is entitled, God Revealing then and now. Wendy and I have some connections to East Africa. We have for years supported a compassion child in Kenya named Nayaguti. Taylor and Clayton spent some time working in Uganda. Clayton's doctoral research has taken him repeatedly to Tanzania, where we also support another compassion child named Michael, who is slightly older than our grandson Milo, and they share the same birthday. Because of these connections, we tend to pay a little bit more attention to the situation there. In case you didn't know it, they have been battling locust swarms this year. Massive locust swarms that I would tag as being of biblical proportions if I was writing an article about them. A second wave of swarms hit the region just as they began fighting COVID. Now, In my recent series of podcasts, A Beginner's Guide to the Great Story, I talk a lot about context. An adult can't reason with a two-year-old by getting him or her to sit and listen to you read a psychology textbook that explains his or her need to modify behavior. In the same way, understanding ancient stories require me, a 21st century reader, to think outside the box of my 21st century thought And sensitivities. They require me to think about how God is meeting with and interacting with humanity in the context of the way they lived, they thought, they believed, and interpreted their world centuries and centuries ago. Today's chapter is a great example. Locust swarms have been part of the ecosystem forever. They happen on occasion, just like floods and droughts and hurricanes, tornadoes, and viral outbreaks. Our post-Enlightenment educated minds turn to science to understand these things and deal with them appropriately, and to lessen the negative effects. In Moses' day, no one thought in such a way. In Moses' day, natural phenomena were always considered to be a manifestation of the gods. If something bad happens, the gods must be angry. If something good happens, the gods must be pleased. So in today's chapter, God tells Moses that the plagues had a purpose. The purpose was to reveal himself and his power to Pharaoh and his officials. What is lost on a 21st century reader is the fact that the type of plagues being visited upon the Egyptians had connections to various deities that the Egyptians worshipped across the pantheon of more than 1,500 gods uh, that the Egyptians had in their their religious catalog. Because many, if not most, of the plagues were natural occurring phenomena, the Egyptians may have historically associated them with other deities. Now, the God of Moses turns them on and off at will, which is a direct challenge to Egypt's entire religious system. Each time a plague is turned on or off by stretching out their hand and staff, it is a direct challenge to Pharaoh's claim of being a God who rules by, quote, my mighty hand, end quote. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself thinking about God revealing himself. The story of Moses is an early chapter in the great story, There has been no described system of worship to this point. There is no Bible or sacred text for the Hebrews. There is no institution or organization of their religion. God has simply revealed himself to Abraham and his descendants in mysterious ways. The plagues we've been reading about are the first recorded time in the great story that God attempts to reveal himself to another people group in contrast to their own gods. This is a major shift in the narrative of the great story, and this theme will continue. Now, interestingly, Jesus also made it clear that his mission was one of revelation. Listen to this, quote, at that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. End quote. Or this quote, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father. Or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. End quote. Or this. Quote, Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, he was born blind, so that God's works might be revealed in him. End quote. See, God has always been in the process of revealing himself and does so in multiple ways, including the very act of creation. How about this one? Quote, Ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made, so that we human beings are without excuse. End quote. Along my earthly journey, I have been ever grateful to live in our current period of human history, COVID and all. Despite the doom and gloom peddled in the media, we live in a period of human history that is unprecedented with regard to low levels of extreme poverty, disease, low levels of starvation, low levels of war, low levels of violence, and high levels of education and safety across the globe compared with any other period in history. Humanity is in a very different chapter of the great story. And I believe God is revealed very differently in our world than in Moses' day. The basic dance remains the same. God revealing himself, inviting, drawing in, me asking and seeking and knocking and humbly accepting and receiving. I'm just glad it, it no longer requires a plague of locusts. In my quiet time this morning, I'm praying for those who are actively trying to help the people in Africa to minimize the damage and for those who are suffering because of it. I hope you are not suffering today, my friend. Have a great one, and we'll see you back here again.